this election uh, is still not decided, that's for sure. It's high time to change the government. Not everyone from Afghanistan can come to us in Europe. I'm really sick of always having a government that is acting only too late. On September the 26th, German voters go to the polls to elect a new chancellor. And for the first time since 2005, it won't be Angela Merkel. Although even now, she leaves office as the country's most popular politician. But there will be another coalition government. And this week, we talk to the representatives of two major parties who have a strong chance of being part of it. The outgoing Christian Democrats and the Greens. The key issues dividing them, Afghanistan, how to approach human rights in China and Russia. The controversial Nord Stream 2 pipeline, climate change and the recent lethal flooding in Germany, and of course the record of the outgoing government. How do their main arguments stack up? Joining me from Strasbourg is David McAllister, a Christian Democrat member of the European Parliament and chair of its Foreign Affairs Committee. And from Karlsruhe in Germany is Franziska Brandner, a member of the Green Party and an MP in Germany's federal parliament since 2013. Welcome to Conflict Zone, both of you. One thing that seems to have united your parties in this campaign is that uh, your leaders have thrown away what were convincing leads in the opinion polls early on through various gaffes or missteps. David McAllister, CDU, CSU down roughly eight points since early July, record lows for the Conservative Alliance. After being in government for 50 out of the last 70 years, has your party become careless, accident prone, or have you just got the wrong candidate? We are now entering the final, the crucial phase of the election campaign. We still have nearly two weeks to go. And now it's about getting out the vote on the 27th of September. And I'm 26th of September, and I'm still confident that we can, in the end, become the strongest political party. We are ready to once again take over responsibility for Germany. And not the polls are decisive, but only what will actually happen on voting day. Yeah, but the fact is that Armin Laschet is not a popular man, neither in the country as a whole, nor for that matter in your party. You've even had one or two CDU MPs last month calling for him to step down. I'm thinking of Sylvia Bantel. Better to react quickly, she said, and painfully than to go down together. Um, another one told a newspaper, the mood is just abysmal. Are we all going to lose our seats? And still more people are telling the party not to use Laschet's poster because it doesn't bring them any joy. Why should the country choose him if he can't even retain the support of people in his own party? Armin Laschet is the party leader of the CDU. He is the minister president of the largest German federal state, North Rhine-Westphalia. He's very experienced. He has now run North Rhine-Westphalia since 2017 with the tightest majority possible, a one-vote majority lead in North Rhine-Westphalia. And I would like to add also that he's not only a convinced, but also a convincing European. He has European experience in the European Parliament. So this all uh, is enough to show that he is ready to lead Germany. And we're now seeing that the Christian Social Union from Bavaria, our sister party, are also fully supporting Armin Laschet. And that's the way further. If we want to convince Germans to vote for CDU and CSU, we have to be convinced that we have the right programme, the right manifesto and the right candidate. And now. We're fighting, and this election 
uh, is still not decided, that's for sure. So you ignore all the reservations and the objections that are coming even from inside your party? You ignore all that and uh, he's the best candidate you could possibly have, is he? He's the leader of the CDU and I believe he would be a very capable German Chancellor. I know Armin Laschet for many, many years. He's a good friend and I will always support him. Francisca Brantner, as the campaign has gone on, your candidate Annalena Baerbock has also suffered from diminishing fortunes. You're down around 10% since April, May. Um, turned out she'd padded her resume with inaccuracies and had to correct the record and answer questions about her professional ethics. This is careless and incompetent, isn't it? Not qualities that are ideal for a chancellor. Annalena Baerbock is our candidate and she's a great person. Uh, she's very capable and uh, she has done mistakes. She has acknowledged them herself. She's probably the one who's most angry about them herself. Um, but I think it was a good move to also acknowledge that she did mistakes there and that we are now focusing on what's the substance of these elections. It's high time to change the government. I'm convinced, we are convinced that Germany can do better, that we need to do better. Um, and it's a time to choose a real climate government that will move Germany ahead in terms of climate, jobs and security. I want to come on and talk about uh, climate issues a bit later on. But if you want to lead Germany, you need to pay better attention to details and figures, don't you? She, your candidate had to admit failing to declare thousands of euros in extra income from her party. Um, all of this raises the question, doesn't it, of whether your party is smart enough, savvy enough to head a government or to take well, a line? Of course line. we are. <laughs> we are governing in uh, now 10 out of 16 states in Germany. Uh, we're doing this very well. Um, and about Annalena, the import, Baerbock, the importance is that, you know, she has a very clear compass. She knows where to go and she is very strong. And I give you an example of what makes for me the importance of who I want to be a leader. Um, before this summer, Armin Laschet and Annalena Baerbock were meeting two Europeans. Um, Armin Laschet was meeting Mr. Janschat, the Prime Minister of Slovenia, who was destroying democracy back home, who was part of the European People's Party that Mr. McAllister is also a member of, um, and didn't say a word of criticism, none, zero, uh, even though he is you know, attacking the freedom of press, independence of justice uh, in his own country as Prime Minister. And in the same week, Annalena Baerbock, she met the mayor of Budapest, one of the biggest opponents to Orban. And that's what counts for me for being a great leader and at the leadership of Germany. The campaign has had to take account of a major foreign policy crisis for NATO in the shape of Afghanistan, but it has given the voters the chance to judge the very different reactions from your, your parties. David McAllister, the government's response in the middle of last month was to suspend development aid to Afghanistan. I understand about cons the concerns about giving money to the Taliban, but the people who are going to suffer most from this aid suspension are ordinary Afghans who are among the poorest people in the world. Is that really what you wanted? You need to differentiate between humanitarian support on the one hand and development aid on the other hand. Germany, like the international community, is ready to give further humanitarian assistance to the people in need in Afghanistan. I welcome the decision just taken yesterday at the donors conference. We're going to massively try and support the people in Afghanistan. But it's for one thing. And to provide humanitarian assistance, we need to 
talk to the Taliban. Things are as they are. They are the de facto rulers of the country. And that's what the West is going to do. Important is that we take a united approach in dealing with the Taliban. Whether development aid can continue or not for Afghanistan will very much depend on how the Taliban will react. We will judge them by their actions, not by their words. And there are strict conditions for further development aid financed by European and German taxpayers. If you cared about ordinary Afghans, why did your party vote down a green motion in June to evacuate more of the local personnel who were at risk because they'd helped your armed forces? Given the chaos that ensued two months later, this was a major blunder by the coalition, wasn't it, ruling coalition? We have evacuated thousands of people's, people in the last few weeks. But you could have done it uh, earlier. You could have done German it earlier. Citizens, uh, dual citizens and also Afghans who have worked uh, for us for international organizations, for European institutions and German institutions, and we will continue to evacuate people. I want to underline here that our men and women from the Bundeswehr did a remarkable job in organizing these transport flights. We will continue to be responsible for those who have worked for us in the last few years. Francisca Brandner, are you happy with that answer? Your party? No, not at all. <laughs> I think really, our soldiers did an amazing job, but it was incredible that we sent them in the most dangerous mission ever of the Bundeswehr because the government didn't evacuate early enough. They, this mission, this very dangerous mission, which they performed really well, did, was not necessary if the government had acted on early um, and had evacuated early on. For example, the French, they have left Afghanistan in 2012, but they still started to evacuate their former staff and their own citizens in May. Um, and that was much smarter. And we had the debate in June in the Bundestag. We brought it there and we said, we don't want to be dependent on the Taliban for getting our people out. We don't want it to be dangerous. We need to get our own people and those who supported us over the last couple of years out now. And it was just a, you know, a political debate and the governing parties were scared of saying in the middle of an election campaign that we get people out of Afghanistan now. So they prefer to do nothing and then send our soldiers into a dangerous mission. David McAllister, your party's major concern in all this seems to have been not to have opened the floodgates and allow huge numbers of Afghan refugees to come to Germany. We had this from your party's General Secretary uh, Paul Tsimiak. For us, it's clear that 2015 must not be repeated. We won't be able to solve the Afghan question through migration to Germany. So the priority was to put as much distance between your government and Germany uh, and the Afghan refugees, wasn't it? It was political considerations that dominated this issue as far as you're concerned. We have a humanitarian responsibility, and that's why we will continue to evacuate our own nationals, dual citizens, dual citizens, and also those who have been working for us, and especially vulnerable people. But one thing is clear, not everyone from Afghanistan can come to us in Europe and in Germany. That's why we need to learn lessons from 2014, 2015. And this also means that the international community, the West, needs to support those organizations who are supporting the refugees on the ground in Afghanistan and in neighboring countries. We're talking about the United Nations and all these institutions who have experience in dealing with this. And of course, this also means that we need to actively engage with neighboring countries like Iran and Pakistan, 
to a certain degree also to Afghanistan, Tajikistan and Uzbekistan to give as much support as possible. You really think they're going to give you that kind of support, those countries? There's no indication that they will, is there? In the moment, we're not sure how the migration flows will actually uh, develop. There have been many people who have now been displaced internally in Afghanistan. It's unclear how many people will actually reach the borders. But if they leave Afghanistan, they will, of course, first come to Iran and Pakistan. And that's where we need to provide humanitarian support and assistance in a wide and broad scale. Francisca Brantner, how many Afghans would your party let in? You criticise the government response, but the figures your party leadership is using aren't particularly generous either. Last month, uh, Annalena Baerbock said Germany must allow in at least 10,000 local staff from Afghanistan. Is that it? That's the end of it? 10,000? Yeah. We were saying that we need to get the staff out that worked for the Bundeswehr, for our army, but also for our civilian workers, also for women's rights organizations, um, for our development aid organizations, and by the way, also for the European Commission's uh, work on the ground, um, so that we, we also have a responsibility to take uh, on board those who work for the European Union. Um, so these are the numbers that we came up with and that we know that uh, needs to be uh, getting support for a safe exit. The situation right now is that nobody's really getting out of Afghanistan at all. Um, so our concern right now is not that there are too many coming, but, that, but rather we have terrible individual cases of uh, women. I know women's rights defenders who are hiding in caves um, or in their you know, basements in, in Kabul and don't dare to get, go out. Um, and don't get a pass uh, to leave the country. So that's what we are working on right now is to give safety to those who have been fighting for women's rights, for example, in Afghanistan over the okay. last years. They have not done this for us, but they have done this with our backing. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what we owe them. This has uh, been a year which has focused attention on the mounting climate crisis. You mentioned it earlier, not just globally, but especially in Germany where flooding in July led to the catastrophic death of almost 200 people. David McAllister, with so many dead in Germany, so many communities in need, it doesn't really help when your federal disaster agencies turn around and say, our system worked impeccably, it's all the fault of local authorities. Your own candidate, Armin Laschet, himself pointed out that a catastrophe on a national scale requires a swift national response. Why didn't your party plan for that national response in the 16 years it was in power? These floods were a national catastrophe, something we haven't seen for decades, uh, a real tragedy, far too many people killed, and it will take years to rebuild uh, all this. And of course, we have to learn lessons from this uh, tragedy, what went right, what went wrong, and I certainly see room for improvement here. But the main aspect is, apart from reconstructing the devastated areas in Western Germany, we have to see this whole discussion in the debate around climate change. And here I think that we need a reasonable approach in Germany, together with our international partners. The framework has been set with the European Green Deal, and now it's about implementing the concrete legislation, which will be necessary to achieve a very ambitious target to become climate neutral latest in 2050 in Europe. We in Germany want to reach this in 2045. Francisca Brandner, 
You think the Interior Minister, Horst Seehofer, who oversaw disaster management, should have resigned over what happened with the floods? Here again, it's a sad story that we have been asking for reform of the rescue catastrophic services in Germany before the floods, because we said we need to reform how our local state um, national and European level are working together. We were asking for this a year ago, um, and it's so painful to see that nothing happened. And that's why we have ha now so many families had to suffer. And for example, the German government did not implement a European directive on getting uh, rescue and alerts early on on your cell phone. I have been asking about this <laughs> for months. Uh, and the response was from the German government that we don't really need this um, and that we are all fine in Germany. And I, I always thought, why are we not improving? All our European neighbors are doing it. It's a European uh, obligation to do. And the German government just didn't want to do it. And I'm really sick of always having a government that is acting only too late when it's when we have to catastrophe, be it Afghanistan or the floods. And we need a government that is looking ahead and is acting preventively. Well, inevitably, your party's own record on the environment has come under the spotlight, and the results are mixed, aren't they? In Baden-Württemberg, where you are in government, you've achieved less than 35% renewable energy usage. That's far less than Rhineland Palatinate or Bavaria. If you're being judged on results, you've got a long way to go to live up to your own ambitions, haven't you? Never mind looking at what the government yeah, we're not hasn't uh, satisfied um, with, with where we have come. We started in 2011 at almost zero in Baden-Württemberg when we took over from the Conservatives. Uh, and five years ago, we had to enter a coalition with the Conservatives again that had blocked much on, you know, making solar panels mandatory on new buildings. We got this now. We had elections in March. So now we are stronger and we really managed to put a new weight on climate protection. Now we will get mandatory solar uh, panels on new buildings, be this private or business. David McAllister, one of the most controversial government policies in recent years has been to push ahead with the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Russia, despite protests from several countries, including Ukraine. Your critics say it gives Moscow too much power to control energy supplies to Europe. And the only response from your outgoing chancellor is to say, if they use the gas as a weapon, we'll impose sanctions. Um, what good is that? Sanctions have never changed Moscow's mind on anything, have they? First of all, let me make one remark. Francisca Brandner called my party several times now the Conservatives. Just to make, be precise, we are the Christian Democrats, not the Conservatives. Uh, perhaps we can stick to the right word. Now, on Nord Stream 2, uh, the construction of the pipeline has been now nearly accomplished. Um, I must admit that at the beginning of this project, the geopolitical consequences and concerns, especially from uh, Eastern European member states, were clearly underestimated. But in the end, it is now about Nord Stream 2 being a matter of private companies complying with national and European laws, and it remains... But you're putting a weapon a in Moscow's decision. hands, aren't you? You're putting a and weapon in Moscow's hands. They've repeatedly it used it. It remains a political decision of the German government how to deal with this project in the future. I believe that Chancellor Merkel's visit to Washington in July has opened a way forward for the German government and the US government to continue and further their dialogue about energy security and the future of Nord Stream 2. One thing is clear, should Russia attempt to use energy as a weapon or commit further aggressive actions against Ukraine, 
we will take action at national level and press for effective measures at the European level, including sanctions. So this is the way forward. But why wait for that? Why wait for that to happen? They've used energy as a weapon plenty of times before. Latvia 2003, Ukraine 2005, Georgia 2006. They have a pattern here. Why give them a gift of this uh, weapon and wait for them, sit back and wait for them to use it? I'm fully aware of the critical view a lot of our Eastern European partners take on this project. And I have already said that the geopolitical consequences were underestimated at the beginning. But Germany is a land of high industry. We have a strong industry and we need to provide our companies, our businesses with safe and secure energy. We are quitting nuclear energy. We are going to quit coal production in Germany. So we need, for a certain time, imports from other countries like gas until we have finished the renewable energy buildup in Germany. And that's why we have always imported gas from Russia, even in the coldest days of the Cold War. And we will continue to do so, at least as long as we are still dependent on gas deliveries. It's about finding the right frame without Russia being able to put pressure on our partners in Ukraine. Francisca Brandner, you don't accept any of this. You're shaking your head. Yeah, you know, it's not about not importing gas from Russia. It's about importing gas from Russia without involving our Eastern European partners. Okay, I really want to make that difference clear. Um, and because we think that geopolitically, it's not the right choice to go above the heads of our Eastern European partners and Ukraine um, above all. Um, second point, the economy ministry in Germany, which is in the hand of Mr. Altmaier, member of your party, has put out reports saying that we don't have an additional need of gas imports over the next decade. So we don't need additional pipelines. Also, even from an economic point of view, that's not green numbers. That's figures of your own party minister. Um, so for even for climate reasons, it's not necessary. Geopolitically for us, it's uh, really a bad project. And I'm not sure that if, you know, Russia will turn it off in the winter and German citizens will depend on it for heating, then we will go all mad about sanctions. I really want to see this. I think we put ourselves in a situation of dependence that is unnecessary, and it's only supporting and financing the pockets of Putin's friends and oligarchs in Russia. Um, so we have been fighting against this project for years, uh, and we will continue doing so if we enter government. David McAllister, over the last 16 years, can you think of any improvements whatsoever that your policy towards Russia has brought about? I'm thinking of the seizure of Crimea um, and the frozen war. 14, more than 14,000 people dead, no progress whatsoever with the talks. Um, if your policy hasn't brought about or achieved any of the aims that you presumably set for it, it's time to change it. No reason the German public should reward failure, is there? The relations between the European Union, including Germany and Russia, are at a low point. Russia is challenging our values now for many, many years with the illegal annexation of Crimea, trying to destabilize uh, other countries uh, in the eastern neighborhood, trying to destabilize our own EU member states, cyber attacks, propaganda war, fake news, all that. Unfortunately, this is where we are, and responsible for this is the Kremlin and Mr. Putin himself. 
we as the West, together with our allies in the EU and NATO, need to be very principled in dealing with Russia on the one hand. On the other hand, where there is room for dialogue, we need to be pragmatic. Francisca Brantner, if you uh, enter, your party enters government after September the 26th, how would the Kremlin notice the difference um, with you, maybe with even with a green foreign minister? For Germany. We do support an approach of strength and clarity and dialogue on the other side. So we have a really a, a principled approach on human rights uh, and inter non-interference into our German democracy that we have unfortunately seen from the Kremlin over the last couple of years. And we are opposing any cooperation like Nord Stream 2, that is not about citizens' cooperation, that is not promoting uh, democracy activists inside Russia, that is just financing the corrupt system of Putin. Um, so we also do favor more individualized sanctions when it comes to the surroundings and those who are really responsible for um, opposing or, or blocking opposition inside Russia or in other countries uh, doing crimes like in Syria. Um, and we, we believe that we need to be firmer. Um, and on the other side, yes, there will have to be dialogue, for example, on Afghanistan. We just spoke about Afghanistan. It's clear that if we just... Uh, want to have a say there or have be part of the conversation. It's a conversation with Russia, with China, with Iran. Um, and, and that's uh, also part of the reality. But it doesn't stop us from being firm where we can. And that's the difference we would make. All right. Francisca Brandner, David McAllister, thank you both very much for being on Conflict Zone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.